You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, covering North Alabama with News Talk, and this show is the biggest afternoon show in the uh, northern part of our state right now, Right Side Radio, and I'm your host, Phil Williams. Glad to be with you, 2 to 5, every day, Monday through Friday, and we are rocking it. And like the man said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, I've got uh, two buddies on the line with me right now. Make sure they're there. Do I have Jeff Poor? Are you there, brother? I'm here. Jeff Poor with 106.5 down on the coast, formerly here at WVNN. And do I also have Dale Jackson on the line? Yes, you do. I am at the Galleria in Birmingham. Hopefully I survive. <laughs> yes, yes. I hope I hope you're packing heat, brother. But uh, all right. Well, that means we have got the crew here for the Grand Council. Let us now assemble the Grand Council. And I, and I do swear the horns get longer every time. All right. You know the deal, guys. We uh, ping each other with questions, go back and forth. We try to get in maybe two each. We'll see how it goes. And I think, looking back, I think it's Jeff's turn to go first. So, Jeff Poor, my brethren from the coast, what's your question? Well, uh, so I, I'll, it's kind of a two-parter here, but uh, would we say as conservatives that the state of Alabama has done a good job with handling COVID-19 if yes then why but if no and this is inspired by my friend Josh Moon who you probably don't talk about a whole lot on these programs uh but um if you don't think it's a good job is that an indictment of conservative government wow bro I mean that's like an entire editorial listen that one question um so here's my first thought I think we did a horrible job at first we're doing a better job now Um, I say that because in the initial outlay, um, you had the government shutting down some businesses, leaving others open, you know, declaring them essential versus non-essential. That's basically the government picking winners and losers. Uh, We did a horrible job of getting CARES Act funds, $1.8 billion, out to the private sector. Instead, we used 75% of those billions of dollars to feed government. Um, We did a horrible job in the legislative process because they, they, they didn't come back in and do much of anything. Uh, to benefit the state. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that we did a horrible job at first, and I think we've moved into what I would consider to be a more um, a more positive stance. We're not Florida we're not by any chance. We're not South Dakota, but at the very least, we're not enforcing uh, unnecessary mask mandates, shutting down businesses again, and I think that's a positive. Uh, what you got, Dale? I find me a state that did it right. Unless you have full totalitarian control, you're going to have spread. That's just the way it's going to be. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to learn, and there wasn't much we could do about this except vaccinate our way out of it. I think that's where we're at right now. Jeff, what are your thoughts on that? an idiot. Well, well, uh, you know, if you you believe the statistics and the vaccination rates and the hospitalizations and you go down the line, we're, we're... we're pretty far down the list. Uh, now I don't necessarily think it's a conservative philosophy, but, uh, you know, that, that, that if, if you're making the case to the layman who doesn't follow the ideology and you just base it on results, uh, Alabama's got to make a better case, I think. 
Well, I, I think you're right. All right. Hey, good question, man. All right, listen, I'll, I'll throw this one out there. I'm going to stretch our legs a little bit and go into uh, issues of national and foreign policy. All right, so story breaking as we speak on, uh, the, on the air right now. Biden's Afghanistan policy is a complete debacle. All right. The Taliban is surging across the country. They've seized 10 provincial capitals. Only about a third of the actual nation's geography is still in the control of the actual Afghan government. 3,000 troops, it was announced just this afternoon while I was on the air, 3,000 troops are now being sent back to help evacuate uh, people, uh, Americans and, and other uh, friendlies. So here's my question for you. Is it a 2022 campaign issue? Or is the general public just kind of over Afghanistan and it won't matter? Your thoughts? They're over it completely. It will not matter. It's a total failure. You've done there for 20 years and got nothing out of it. It is a disaster. Uh, and uh, it's time to cut bait and let them deal with it. it, it All right. So go ahead, Jeff. It, it, yeah, I, I think it, either way, uh, it's a failure. I don't know you can necessarily tag Joe Biden with this because it's pretty clear to me Donald Trump probably would have done the same thing given he had the time. Uh, the, the, here's what remains to be seen. If, uh, if we have another terror attack coming out of Afghanistan, then it's, it's going to look like a black eye for whoever enabled this policy, and that's going to go on Joe Biden. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with uh, either of you. Slightly disagree with Dale on the uh, nobody cares. I think it's going to depend on your geography, really. So I think in Alabama, a more conservative and military-minded state, there's going to be a lot of people that do care. And so, for instance, Casey Wardinsky, I think, can make a, a, a thing out of this in his campaign if he wants to. Uh, I think um, I think there's going to be uh, veterans in the voting blocks that uh, are, are sick of the idea that their time was, um, was, was thrown away like that. And, and, yes, Trump did start the withdrawal. Uh, but I would like to think that Trump would not have just made a complete debacle of the withdrawal and the way that uh, Biden chose to rip the Band-Aid off has left, uh, has left us exposed, and now we're having to send troops back to try and fix the problem. So there's my thoughts. I, right. I, don't, think, I, don't, think, I don't think I don't think Trump would have got out. I, I don't think he would have done it. Biden is doing everything that's different than Trump. Trump was stayed, had stayed there four years already. I think Trump would have said if we pull out, it would have went crazy. He would have kept the number of troops that was keeping it relatively calm. Uh, and there was going to be, we hadn't suffered a, a death in a while. I mean, it, I think we would have been in a different situation. But I, I, I'm fine with going on. All right. All right. Good enough. All right, uh, Dale, your question. Uh, Tommy Cumberville, I, I, I say this in the most condescending way possible. What a pleasant surprise. He's been a good statesman. He hasn't embarrassed anybody. He's done a great job. Very surprising. Uh, is it wrong to feel that way? Is, is it wrong to feel that, that it's, it's surprising that he's doing a good job? Yep. Uh, Jeff, you go first, man. No, I, I, think, I thought this was going to happen all along. I thought he would say one thing to get elected, and then when he got to D.C., he would just pretty much do what he was told. Obviously, there's some exceptions to that. Uh, protests in the election and voting on some of the spending bills. But when it comes to committees and it comes to, you know, not going on Fox News and saying crazy things, uh, I, 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 I figured that was going to be the case. There was no reason to think that he was going to be um, like Mo Brooks 2.0 in the U.S. Senate or something. I, I always thought he was going to take this tack. 
Yeah, and, and, and I agree. I, I didn't expect anything less. You know, you know, I was concerned with the fact that we didn't have a voting record to go by. I mean, usually when someone's running for the U.S. Senate, you've got some type of a political track record or at least something in the political arena, kind of like Katie Britt is not necessarily have a voting record, but she's been involved with Shelby and the BCA, so you can see it. He came out of the blue with a name and the money to run for office, and he did so successfully but I have not been displeased. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sitting around just screaming and cheering and, and like I'm at a football game because of all the great things he's doing. But he's also not embarrassed me, and uh, and that's a plus. And 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 I will say things. The, the things that have come out of his mouth in the public arena thus far have been everything that I would want to hear uh, somebody say, to the best of my knowledge. So uh, I'm okay with his progress so far, and I think he's getting his feet under him, and he's got more room to grow. Um, yeah, all good. All right, brethren, let's go ahead and take a short break. We'll come back and finish up the Grand Council right after this. We got, uh, we got time for one more question each. We come back from the break here. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio, where you can also stream us online if you want to. Go to rightsideradio.org and click Listen Live. We'll square you away. Be right back. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Coming back here with the Grand Council. Intro there with a little Stone Temple Pilots and some Interstate Love Song. Uh, hey, uh, all right, guys, we're coming back around now. Jeff, I believe we're back to you for a question, brother. All right, well, Steve Marshall uh, earlier this week announced a partnership with the state of Louisiana, their attorney general there, Jeff Landry, that they were going to um, you know, consider looking at these tech giants that were being accused of censorship and he justifies it by saying there's Section 230, which gives these online platforms uh, certain protections and no one else has. Uh, they're, they're platforms, not publishers. Uh, we could have that discussion some other time. But And then that there was potential discrimination against conservatives. Well, uh, sitting here looking at this, is it really the role of the state of Alabama, or is this a federal issue? Should this be something Steve Marshall is looking into? I think it's a yes and a yes, uh, and I say that because, uh, it, it, and I had him on the show the other day, and we discussed the fact that, in my opinion, and he agreed that the, 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 the two biggest firewalls we've got against federal overreach are our state legislature and our state's attorney general. And, and so attorney generals, they, they push back on things that impact negatively or positively, for that matter, uh, the state interests or uh, the interests of the citizens. And if we're ever going to get Section 230 repealed, or modified in some way, we're going to have to have a database of, of egregious activity to go with. So I'm appreciating the fact that these two attorney generals have decided to form a database where people can make a report, do a whistleblower type thing, and they can gather all the data and supply that either in litigation form or to the Congress to help fuel the opportunity for making a change. So I think it's a worthwhile venture. And it's certainly red meat for the voters. Dale, what you got? If the federal government is going to coerce private entities into limiting the speech of a president, Donald Trump, a congresswoman, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and a Rand Paul in all less than six months. Uh, maybe it needs to be looked at a little closer and let the courts decide what the power of these individuals can be. 
yeah, and they're hiding behind Section 230 right now. I mean, they're literally hiding behind Section 230, which was never designed for this. But, uh, Jeff, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, I guess I would feel a little bit better if the legislature or or executive order, something for him to actually enforce at the state level. However, as the attorney for the state of Alabama, if there is something they could settle at federal court, then this makes sense. But like I said, you said it's red meat for uh, the base, but yeah, it doesn't not sort of reek of election year politics, too. I guess it could. I mean, I mean, sure, it's it's red meat. Uh, but uh, and 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 I'll be honest with you, I posted it on social media, and I saw the response. People coming in, cheering and retweeting it, and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's exactly what I would have expected, and I think it's what he would have expected. The question is, what's he going to do with it? Is it just for the red meat? And I don't I don't think so. I he, he's, I don't think he's. I would like to believe he's not that disingenuous. Uh, some politicians are, but we'll we'll wait and see. All right, at the Dale Jackson, your question next, brother. What you got? Uh, every liberal in Alabama politics today is making the argument that we have to allow critical race theory uh, to continue because of COVID-19. It makes no sense, but basically the school board said uh, no critical race theory in Alabama, and they're all screaming, how dare they do this when there's a pandemic going on? Does that make any sense? That makes no sense. And listen, you stole my question, bro. I should have done that question first. So, yeah, we, we actually broke the story on Right Side uh, the other day that the resolution that I helped draft or, or helped uh, sponsor in conjunction with Eagle Forum through the Alabama Policy Institute is, is pretty much what they adopted today. To, and that, that vote took place today on a 7-2 count uh, to, to ban tenets of critical race theory being taught in K-12 schools. But my, I, I, it's, it, it makes no sense, and I may ask my question about it afterwards anyway, it makes no sense to compare this to the pandemic. What in God's name? That's apples and oranges. It's like saying, you know, that you, you can't mow the grass because you've, you've got uh, too much going on at work on Monday. Well, it's Saturday. Mow the grass. I mean, there's, there's two different things. Yep. So that's my thought. Jeff? Uh, and that's probably the only argument that, that they would have, uh, 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 the opponents of that resolution would have at this point to say that we are focused on the wrong thing, and may, maybe there's a grain of truth to that, but no, uh, I don't think it, it holds water at all. Uh, I, I just, uh, it, now that the school board has done it, now what? Well, and, and so Dale, finish your thought, and then I'll ask my question to go kind of a segue off of this. I just think it's lazy. I, the two have absolutely nothing to do with each other. To try to make that argument just shows you're completely out of out of your depth, and you shouldn't be discussing politics. You should be out cutting grass. Well, no and, and, people who cut grass. and you're referring directly to the uh, the Kyle Whitmire piece that came out today that in the middle of a pandemic they banned critical race theory. Shut up! I mean, it's got nothing to do with it. Nothing Whitmire, whatsoever. Whitmire, Moon, Archibald, every single one of these low wage losers made the exact same argument. Lazy. That is pure lazy. Wage losers. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just something else. All right. Well, listen. I, I'll tell you what. I'll go to my question. I'll keep this going. Uh, on critical race theory. So like I said, like, like Dale said, that the, the, the state school board today banned the implementation of curriculum that carries the tenets of critical race theory. It didn't name critical race theory. It just banned the things that critical race theory often is, is accounted for. My question is, is it over? Or is this just the first salvo in the fight against critical race theory? It's the first salvo because you're going to have educators and districts that are going to try to work their way around it. And every time they do, 
the state school board should come back and punch them right in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, straight and to the point. Yes, uh, Jeff, what do you think, man? Well, what what does that mean, though? Like, if you punch them right in the mouth, well, what are the consequences if you if you just you know thumb your nose at the state school board? The legislature comes in, passes another bill that's a, a lot like this vaccine passport bill, and it, it doesn't you know no one really it's unenforceable so uh, you know that that we we got to start passing laws and rules with some so some teeth to them. Otherwise, these these are just shameless well, political gestures. Uh, I, I disagree. The, the school board is there to set a policy, and they have to force the individuals to do it. The school board can't say, hey, you're going to go to jail if you do this or anything like that. They, they just need to set the policy and make sure the policy is followed, and if they don't, take control of the situation. They have other mechanisms other than putting people in cages, although I'm fine with putting them in cages. Well, and, and so here's here's the other piece of this. It's already ongoing. So we, we broke another story on right side, and I discussed it at length today. Huntsville City School System is the only school system I know of in the state right now that is using a curriculum called No Place for Hate by the Anti-Defamation League, which is an organization that promotes critical race theory, uh, gender fluidity, uh, late-term abortion. It's just ridiculous that the Huntsville City School System is spending its budgetary funds on this, and it's in every single school in the city school system. Uh, and I hung, by the way, on my on my website, rightsideradio.org, I hung a document that you can go to and check out what all that curriculum says in it. Uh, all that to say, I think it's the first salvo. I think we got plenty more fight, and I think it's just like Dale said, there's going to be teachers and systems and principals who try to get around it or Huntsville City School System and say, well, we don't think this fully qualifies as critical race theory. Oh, okay, it just teaches inequity. But... Um, yeah, I think it's the first salvo. I think the fight just began, but at the very least, it was a victory in the overall war, and, uh, and I'm glad they did it. All right, fellas, and, and if, another and round. Way, if, they, if, they, if they say that that's the case, like, oh, this doesn't, this doesn't qualify, then they need to come back and ban that specifically. Fair enough. And I think here's the other thing, Dale. I think what's going to have to happen is just like what happened in Mountain Brook. You're going to have to have parents that go to the school board meeting and say, we want a copy of this curriculum, and we want to know what in God's name you're teaching our kids and why our tax dollars are being spent on it. I mean, that's a fair question. Absolutely fair question. And, uh, and if that doesn't happen, the, the parents are wrong. All right, gentlemen, that's another round of the Grand Council. Love you guys. Appreciate you being on. We'll have you back next week. Folks, that's Jeff Poor at 106.5 down on the coast and Dale Jackson here at WVNN. The Grand Council convenes every Thursday. We'll be, we'll be back with them again next week. All right, guys. Right side ruffians. That's, uh, that's, some, uh, that's some grist for the mill right there. Uh, those two guys do a great job uh, at what they do and, uh, and bring it to bear here on this show with us. Uh, I consider them both friends and mentors. But uh, anyway, hey, listen. It is 429. We're headed into another break. We're going to come back and open up the phones. 866-494-9866. 866-494-9866. What do you think about Afghanistan with troops going back? What do you think about critical race theory being banned by the school board today? What do you think about other things we've talked about? i got plenty more on my paper, but we'll, we'll, we'll come back and, and hear from you too. 866-494-9866 on Right Side Radio, where we're solid, conservative, and just plain right. We'll be right back.